0: Welcome to episode 129 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston.
1: Welcome back to another episode. Um, I wanted to share my resource of the week. There is a website that I found called GameGal.com that you can use as a word generator for things like Pictionary and Catchphrase and uh, what was the other? Charades. So I used that this week in one of my sessions. I had some students that um, are older and working on uh, kind of m- being able to make clear presentations in a class. And so we use that to work on them just like being able to explain themselves clearly without excess pauses and things like that. So we pulled up a charades game. I did it on Zoom and I would put whatever word popped up in the chat just to that one student and then he would explain the word to the other student. I think if you just were doing a one-on-one session, you could also like send them the link for the website and they could push the button to bring up a word and they'd have to explain it to you. So you still had that kind of like barrier to not know what the word was already, but It worked really well and i was just kind of like racking my brain about where am i going to get words from i don't really want them to be like hard vocabulary words i just want them to be kind of common things um and you can pick the level there too they have an easy medium hard so that was my find of the week that i have been loving
0: game gal
1: gamegal.com yep
0: interesting i've not heard of that one
1: yeah and it goes
0: how how far up do you think i mean in terms of age
1: um, I would say it that's the thing is, like, I wouldn't use it for like, I don't know, like strict, like, I want to know if they have second grade vocabulary level and things like that. But if you just mm-hmm. want something that, um, that was easy. I know that some of the advanced words were too hard, I think, for my high school students. So, um, it's pretty, it's got some good things in there and some good levels.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I'll take a look at it. Well, since you are the guru on all things uh, digital res- in terms of digital resources, I need some stuff for language for a 10, 11-year-old who's language delayed.
2: Mm.
1: My first go-to would always be New Zella. New Zella. New ZLA. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yep.
1: Because I love the... um that I can find things that are high interest but put it down for their level. Right. Um that's that's my first go to. I don't know. I've done some like I had I had a student this week that it was the most like off the wall activity that I had never thought of before until we did it. But uh, she really liked to just use kind of the whiteboard features. And um, we had been practicing. She's younger than this, but I still think that it could apply that. um, We had been practicing the F sound and she always puts her lip, her teeth, like way far down on her lip instead of Mm. right on her lip. So we'll joke and be like, okay, we're going to put our lipstick on. And then every time you say the F sound, you have to bite your lipstick. So that was what I found that worked for her. So we had been talking about makeup anyways, and I just ended up, I had like emoji face stickers, and I put an emoji face sticker big on the screen, and then she used the whiteboard tools and put makeup on the emoji sticker. And she loved it. And it was like this thing that I was like, oh, I never thought about doing this before. But you could do that and like follow directions, things like that, that I think... I mean, I have a little bit older than a ten year old. I think she'd be into that. So, yeah, I don't know. Just thinking of things a different, using things a different way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, this is this is a, a boy. And oh he's, no,
1: sorry. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Um, I live in girl uh, world. I, mean, I don't know.
0: He may, he may want to do some makeup. Right? No, it's right? fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he's. He he. We're working on some auditory memory with him, and and auditory just some language processing, um, multiple meaning words, um, yeah. some reading. I mean, just a lot of just language delay stuff. Yeah,
1: yep. I love jokes for multiple meaning words. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's I was doing some of those with a student today, and there's a good mm-hmm. Boom Card activity for that too. Look up a Boom Card for jokes and multiple meaning words okay yeah that was i i love a good dad joke what was one of the ones i did today it was (laughs) it was what what is a horse's favorite game stable tented tennis (laughs)
0: stable tented stable tennis tennis. stable tennis (laughs)
1: yes that comes from that is from um slp toolkit they have one of their um Progress monitoring things is on humor. So can kids explain why it's funny, but they yeah. never laugh at any of the jokes, but they can't tell me why it's funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I used to have a little kiddo that um, he was about eight. He would come in every week with a different joke. Half the time he didn't know what didn't understand the punchline, <laughs> right? but he would laugh anyway. Cause it was someone, <laughs> something he had read or someone told him, then we would talk about it. You know, like, yep. why is this funny? Yep. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. Right, I had one of my younger middle school students that I started reading the "I Survived" books. There's like I survived a shark attack. Um, So those are really really high interest, and I feel like a good a good language level too. That it's not so they you know have some vocabulary words like we talked about the word spectacle today that was in there, but has. just, but it's like high enough interest and like low enough that they can get the story and what's happening. I liked that one too.
0: Yeah, oh, those are great suggestions. Thank you. Thank you. I knew, I knew you would uh, point me in the right direction. <laughs> so I appreciate that. That gives yep. me lots of ideas.
1: And a Uh-oh. plug if you guys <laughs> want to hear more tips. And one thing that I've always wanted to do on here and felt like I needed to do on here is it is always easier to show some of these activities and tips than it is to tell you about them. So if you want to see us in person and hear about some tips for telepractice, come see us at ASHA. We will be there Thursday morning. And this is our last episode that will air before the conference. So please come find us.
0: Yes. And be nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No heckling. No, no telling us that, you know, we have a face for radio or anything like that. <laughs> we, we,
0: we already know that. We already I mean, know, I that. know that. <laughs> I know that. Kim
2: <laughs>
0: doesn't have a face for radio. She can she can do whatever she wants, but I know I have a face for radio. <laughs> um, so, yes, come see us. We would love to interact with you if you are in New Orleans at the ASHA convention, um, come look us up and we would just love to, to interact with our our listeners and uh, hear some of your stories. Yep. And you give us some tips and that'd be great.
1: Yeah. Awesome. And then you can sign up to come on the podcast.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're always looking for great guests. So if you know of someone reach out to us, uh, we'd love to follow up and have people on. So yep. please do that. And and speaking of having someone on, we have uh Ling Chan. Those of you, some of you may have heard of mei Ling, and she's doing a lot of great work. She worked with uh, Exceptional, and she's written some books about becoming exceptional in terms of becoming an exceptional leader. Um, so she's she's doing some really wonderful work, and and I'm just really thrilled that she's able to join us. Mei Ling, welcome to the podcast. It's such an honor to have you with us. And for those who have not discovered you in all the materials and the books you've, you've done, can you share more about your background?
2: Well, thank you, Todd and Kim, for having me on the show. Um, I know I've, I've known about your show for a long time. And when you reached out, I was really excited. So I, I am honored to be a guest on Telepractice today. Um, so a little bit about me, I am a speech language pathologist and I have been practicing for about 16 years. Um, I have not been doing clinical practice for probably about four years now. Uh, part of it due to the pandemic, which we don't have to say <laughs> <Yeah>. anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but right before that I had actually moved into full-time, um, consulting and it's just been a, uh, an amazing couple of years here. Um, I like to say that during that, um, the pandemic time while everyone else mm-hmm. was watching the uh, what is that? The King Lion King show and Tiger King, it was Tiger King, <laughs> Tiger King. yeah, yeah, and Baking yes. Banana Bread, right? They were doing yes. that. Um, I, pu- I self published three um anthologies and wow. they were focused, thank you, they were focused in the area of um, general people who are doing amazing things in the area of disabilities. And that stemmed from my podcast, Exceptional Leaders. So I Mm -hmm. had um, 51 guests on there. And from there, I I asked 13 or 14 uh, previous guests to share their story as a chapter and that was amazing and so i was like let's do it again because i i didn't go through enough trauma so i did it again <laughs> um and that was becoming an exceptional aac leader and um that was amazing and i was working with cognition at the time which is a very very forward-thinking aac company where they were working and still are working on brain computer interface for aac wow. right, and that was right. an incredible experience um, and then my third and most recent book is Becoming an Exceptional SLP Leader. And that is with obviously all the amazing SLPs in this space. And it was hard, very hard to just get us down to just 13 because obviously, you know, there could be so many editions and people keep asking me for more. But honestly, I, I needed a break after doing 43, um, you know, co-authored chapters, mm-hmm. kind of walking them through. And it's so hard, as you guys would know, like, how can you get your your life story down to one chapter? You know, so mm-hmm. we we just did a lot of good work and I love the stories. Um, and I really think that it it really represents all of the things that we can do as speech language pathologists. You know, every story is different and everybody's career path has just been so unique. Uh, you
0: know? Exactly. And, and and the technical side of writing, um unfortunately not everyone um can do that <laughs> very well. <laughs> So uh, so it it falls on 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 you to do a lot of editing and 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 guiding and and so I I've been on that side of it as well and uh, and and it's it's not an easy task.
2: I love you for bringing that up um, because <laughs> we are all you know wordsmiths and grammar experts, mm-hmm. and so there was beautiful, eloquent writing. But what I wanted was I wanted to hear about you. You know, right. I wanted you to p- pull back the veil and not be so professional and so, um, you know, worried about your public facing persona. And I wanted to hear about the person. And so that's actually what took more of the editing, you know, mm. is coming back and going, you know, Todd, can you really deep dive into this? How did you feel about that? And people were like, what? What do you mean? How did I feel? <laughs> you know? <laughs>
0: right. And
2: so I called it like the ice cream on the floor moment. You know, I kept mm-hmm. saying, you know, like, I I want to know you know, how hard was this? And I had one person from the AAC book, she's phenomenal, India Oaks, and she's actually presenting at ASHA this year. Um, She's an amazing woman. She is not a speech-language pathologist, but she is a lawyer and she uses an AAC device to communicate. Amazing. And when I asked her, I had sent a rubric because, you know, May, Mm -hmm. I'm very organized. I had a Mm -hmm. rubric of, you know, these are the types of questions and this helps the person to flesh out their story. And one of the questions was, um, Share how difficult it was for you. You know, if you had like a challenge, you know, what that was like. And she ripped into me in the first couple of lines and I kept it in the book. So if you want to read it, I kept it there <laughs> because it's it's such a great representation of her. She was like, I don't see things as challenges, you know, that everything that that comes in front of her, she's like, okay, let's do this. And so she was even a little offended that I would assume that it was a challenge. And so I was like, you know, we're Mm -hmm. keeping that in there because this is what this book is about is, you know, India being who she really is and that coming across to the reader. So that's just, it's been an amazing journey for me.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. That is awesome. So when you've worked, so choose one of those books that you might want to just kind of think about for a moment. And and what what were the sort of themes that, that you picked up on in terms of some of these individuals who are speech language pathologists, you know, who, who, who who's the, what's the mindset of a speech language pathologist?
2: I love that. Um, yeah, this was great. So with that book, um, it was very diverse, you know, what the, each person, each author had achieved and every one of them had not started out thinking that this is what they were going to do. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I I, my hope is that students are reading the book, because I think that's the um, that's the aha about this is everybody is unique and everyone has their own superpower and their strength. And the people who are in the book, they actually have come to the point where they have married their passion with their purpose. And that is amazing because it's so easy for them now to do what they do because they they get out of bed every morning loving what they do, you know, and they've deep dived into what they're good at. And for some people, they were able to do that really early, like Barbara Fernandez. She's um, Mm -hmm. the creator of Smarty Ears apps and Smarty Symbols. Excuse me. And then now she just did her own anthology. You got this, sis, the um, the multicultural book. And Mm -hmm. she has definitely come into her own. But right out the gate, this woman who didn't even speak English, she came from another country, came over here. Um, She knew how much she loved technology. And she knew how much she loved to teach and educate. And so if you look back, she was on YouTube and she was doing all of these how-to videos before any of us knew what an iPad even was, um, <laughs> right. And so she, right? And she hit her groove early um, and she's also an amazing businesswoman, which she was so young, mm-hmm. how could she have known that, right? So these are the things that um, that just are so amazing to me. And that's why I do the podcast, Yeah, Todd and Kim, as I love leaning in, I'm always like, oh, tell me more, tell me more, right. you know, because mm-hmm. I just, I love the stories, so, yeah, I would say that is that no one thought that they were going to end up doing what they're doing. But the thing that ties everyone together is they're loving what they're doing.
1: Yeah. And how do they find that? How do we find that as we're going through this field, finding our, our passion and our thing in it?
2: Absolutely. Well, you can hire me to come and speak. <laughs> <Okay. conversation. laughs> Sounds good. Um, it's funny because that's been my groove now is, you mm-hmm. know, talking with people and, and helping to unearth that. But that's a great question, Kim. Um, the the thing that you have to do is be honest with yourself. So it's been amazing. Like people love to be an artist and they've chose to be a speech language pathologist, which is two you know very different sides of the brain and things that you're doing. Right. But they found ways to work it in. Um, right. People love to cook. Um, we have now, I think her name is Kristen Dewar- Dewaraki. Oh my gosh. I, I just hacked up her name. I'm so sorry, mm-hmm. but she's doing cooking and she's creating mm-hmm. like a whole like Betty Crocker book and how you can um, incorporate speech language pathology into this. And it's incredible, you know, so awesome. you really have to say like, really, what do I love to do? I happen to be an SLP, you know, I happen to right. have chose this as my career, but well, what do I really, really like to do? What gets me out of bed every morning? You know, what do I do on the weekend? What do I do with my, my downtime? Um, and that's, that's, that can be anything from cooking, which is not something that I love to do to, um, organizing. And so just mm-hmm. doing organizing, you are be like, wow, you know what? I love to be organized. What can I do with that? What do I find myself doing? Um, creating. So like TPTers, mm-hmm. like ducks to water, they love to right. create, right. they get that whole digital design. I would wake up every day guys and wish that I could be a blogger or a TP For years, I was like, why don't I just blog? Everyone would say that Mm -hmm. to me. Why don't you blog? And I was like, I just don't enjoy it. You know, the the written word, I don't know what it was. I think I had a lot of um, imposter syndrome. You know, I was trying to be some Mm -hmm. other blogger. Mm -hmm. And I would hang out with all the bloggers. I love them, the SLP bloggers. But I always wanted to wake up and be like, yeah, today I'm going to blog. That never happened. So that definitely was not something I should be going into. So certain things are obvious, right? Um, But then actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this caveat. I know someone that started a blog, and she hated every minute of it. And I was like, why are you doing this? You, you know, But it mm-hmm. was because you have like this, everyone else is doing it, so I should do it. Yeah.
0: The peer pressure. Yeah, and I like and, that.
1: Yeah. I like the idea of not um, trying to do it the way that anyone else is doing it, finding the way that you want to do it. I think that's a good theme in there.
2: Absolutely. So I'm going to bring up TikTok. Are you guys on mm-hmm. TikTok? hmm So awesome. I love that face, Kim. I know, I know. So I'm, I'm old. Kim. I'm uh, old
1: enough. I'm old enough that I'm like I go on Instagram and watch the TikToks that people then yes. put on Instagram, <laughs> but I don't do TikTok.
0: Kim, Kim has some some hidden videos, dancing videos on TikTok, but she won't tell people <laughs> about it.
1: He lies. He lies. That's I might so at some point. My daughters really want to do it, so there might be some at some point. <laughs>
2: But it's true. You have this thing in your head, you know, of why you're not going to do TikTok. And mine was, I'm not going to be dancing on there. You know, it's just that's just not me. Yeah. And so I started talking with other professionals who are on there and they're not necessarily yeah. SLPs, but other professionals. And they're like, it doesn't have to be that. It's just a new medium and you need to find your groove there. So for your listeners, I invite you to go to TikTok and see what speech therapists are doing there because they're incredibly creative. Sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's inc- some people just turn on the camera and they just talk and what they talk about is fantastic. What you know, mm-hmm. obviously it has something to do with speech, but it's in all different realms. Some of them have just memes. You know, some of them are every day t- deep diving into a certain area of speech like ADHD. You know, we know right. that about all of that. Um just turning the camera on themselves and saying, this is what my day looks like. I actually mm-hmm. was like riveted by this girl who was in her CF year. And I don't know her name. I was just scrolling through and she was showing me like her first day as a CF. And I was like, wow, that's so cool to go back to, you know, but they're just so courageous. So I yeah. tried and I am trying um, to get mm-hmm. on and do some things. But, you know, I, I am somebody who a little bit of old school, like I feel like I need to be ready when the camera turns right. on. Whereas people are laying in bed and doing their thing and their people are loving it, you know, (laughs) but TikTok is another one of those mediums, like just be who you are, you know, don't try to be somebody else. And that's where I was trying to wrap all this up is like Facebook, Instagram, you can still create marketing, you know, you can create a branding, whereas
0: Mm -hmm. I think
2: TikTok is the stripped down. They just want to see, you know, May. And so I have a, a thing, my tagline over there is tiny and mighty and <laughs> I like yeah it. right and so i actually said that you know it kind of pokes fun at myself because i'm barely five feet tall um <laughs> but the things that that i've been doing i think have been like way you know bigger than i thought i would do and also mm-hmm. the people in the community that i try to spotlight are doing that so all of that comes together so we'll see i've only done a couple of videos but if i could translate that there that would be amazing that's right.
0: You're that, inspiring me, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there are some that I really love. I know um the messy SLP is she does it mm-hmm. mostly on Instagram, but she's made me laugh and cry so many times and there's one that uh the speech dude he has gone viral for one that is not speech related right now that makes me laugh so hard that he um talks about like day one of listening to blink 182 (laughs) when blink 182 came back and then at the end he does like the the voice where he's like um where are you? And I'm so sorry. And, like, all of his speech has changed to that intonation. And, like, people, I've seen it reposted so many different places, and the thing I think is cool is, like, people don't know that he's a speech-language pathologist, and then they click right. on it, and they're like, right. speech dude? What's speech dude?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I and think, he's just him.
1: Yeah, he's, just just cool. he's just him. He's he's yeah. really fun to watch and hilarious to watch. So, I, I think finding, finding the thing that makes you you and not worrying about what else it, you know, how it, um, how everyone else is doing it, or if it's looks like something another SLP would do, or if it's exactly in our field, I think is the the kind of the key to breaking out into that, that I've seen other people do.
2: So true. And I have to say there are the haters out there and I I don't even know what to say about that, but I put something up and someone said, what does this have to do with consulting? And I was like, oh my gosh, like, should I break this all down? Should I even answer? I don't know what to do. Ah, <laughs> you
0: know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. gonna get some of that too. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinating. Going back to what you were just we were just talking about in terms of just people coming to speech language pathology because they were doing something else. Because that's that certainly describes me. Because I was, I was in journalism, reporter, writer. Um, for uh, seven, seven or eight years before I decided, oh, maybe there's something else for me. Um, so it's 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 always fascinated me in terms of finding that passion because I think that passion changes sometimes because my passion when I was 24 in 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 my 20s going back to grad school discovering sort of this new profession and getting excited and passionate about that. That same feeling is a little different now (laughs) that I've uh, been doing this for a while and been on faculty and all that stuff and teaching and, and doing clinical work. But so, so the passion changes with your experience. Have, have you found that to be the, the case?
2: Absolutely. Um, And it's built on your clinical experience. That's something else that I think Mm. is really important. So, you know, you, you switched later in life. Mm -hmm. And so you have lived experience. And that's also really important too. Mm -hmm. no matter how young people are, because I know there are people that have come right out of school, started creating PDFs and are really big on TPT now. Mm -hmm. Right. But they are still right in front of that client face-to-face and they are experiencing what it is to be a speech language pathologist. So as we go through that aging process, cause you start out with, I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. right? You do. I mean, everyone comes out the right. gate, like, oh my gosh. Um, and then you grow and then you take more continuing education and you realize that things are changing, like in the stuttering area and AAC and you, and DEI, you know, you need to catch mm-hmm. up. So you're growing. You're also growing with your own lived experience as you if you get married, if you have children, if you get divorced, you know, you're you're taking care of your parents. So all of that comes together. And I think that also shapes where your passions are. So I'm also seeing people like later in life who might turn to the um, aging population because now they've had an experience where their dad had a stroke. And so now they're like Mm -hmm. moved. I've been a speech language pathologist. I've been working with, with children, but now I want to work in this area. You know, so What's amazing is that with our degree, we can really go across the entire, um, age span, you know, from, uh, preemies all the way through end of life and hospice. So it's incredible that we have that opportunity. Um, and so it's okay that we do different things. And I actually, I said this in my book is I had the fear that I was a jack of all trades and a master of none because just the way that I had chosen to, um, Focus initially in my classes, then came out and ended up doing the schools so I could be with my children, but still wanted to keep my foot in medical. Kept doing the medical on the weekends and, you know, when I could PRN, moved Mm -hmm. into medical full time, moved into home healthcare. Like I did all these things, but now at 16 years later, I have so much really good lived experience as a clinician that I really can help so many different types of industries, professions, speech pathologists, in different ways. Now, would I say that I want to jump in and be a supervisor or a mentor to anyone? Absolutely not, because I know my limitations, right? Mm-hmm. But that broad spectrum experience has really benefited me so much that I'm proud of it rather than embarrassed that, you know, why didn't I just stay in the school and I could be retiring now, <laughs> you <Right>. know? <laughs> so right. thank you for bringing that up, um, because I think that it's almost like, you um, too available for us because really nothing stopped you from going from schools to medical or the other way. Mm-hmm.
0: Very true. And so, in you, you've you've sort of done the same thing in that you've gone from clinical to now being more of an entrepreneur and, yeah. and business minded and consulting. That's really a journey in terms of you know most speech pathologists may not even think that that's even an option. Uh. But, you know, one thing I think that's come out of the uh, the pandemic is, you know, I see uh, many, many more SLPs doing their own thing and trying to to be those entrepreneurs. So where where did that seed uh, come in, in your life? Was it someone that influenced you or is it just a natural passion that emerged?
2: I am a third generation entrepreneur. Mm. so that that's a really interesting thing to be able to say because my uh grandfather sold shoes back in uh mm. Hong Kong. So he would create he would make the shoes and then sell them. And oh, wow. so my dad, right? So my dad um witnessed him peddling his wares, you know, sure. at a very, very yeah. low level. I mean, if he if he had made three shoes, he had to sell those three shoes and that's all they would have an income mm-hmm. for. Um, mm-hmm. and then my parents are independently wealthy on um multi-level real estate, not, was it multi, multi-family real estate. So I grew up literally five years old going and picking up rent from people. Um, <laughs> yeah. going and paying the bills. My mom would sit in the car and send me into the gas company, which is in a small town. And I go and pay the, you know, things I would write checks out. So I have so, like so, so much So were you experience. like the
0: enforcer? Like if at five years old, if they <laughs> yes. didn't pay, you had to break the wedge right. or something? <laughs> they Give send the money. heavy in.
2: <laughs> 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 you owe us $10. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that is something that, you know, the lived experience on that is incredible just to always be thinking of different ways to problem solve, you know, I mean, there's so many challenges financially, I mean, just right. strategically, you know, so I came, came to it with that. And what I found is interesting is even when I started one of my first companies, which is Yap Guru, which is a long time ago, and it was all on apps, I found myself educating speech therapists that we need to think of other ways to monetize. We need to yeah. think about residual income. And that was something that nobody thought about because we were getting paid by the hour. You know, you, you're mm-hmm. there for an hour, you get right. paid. And these are the, this is the job that you do. So back then that was like 2012, starting to think about residual income. Also we're presenting, right? So you present, you get paid. So right. then when I started with um, Exceptional Ed, which is the professional development, I, I would tell them, you want to be creating an income flow when you're not there, when you're sleeping. So you have mm-hmm. that course, it's available 24 seven internationally. So when people can't come to your presentation live or can't come to a conference, they can plug in and take that course from Todd. Um, so that was something like, oh, that's a great idea. And then right. I started to talk about branding. So that was something that was not on my own radar, but that you mm-hmm. are a brand, you know, Kim, you're a brand. Oh my gosh, that's Kim Allen. <gasps> I know that voice. Right. It's amazing. Now you're going to go to Asha and it's going to happen. That happened to Rachel Madel. So I was with her. She's with um, talking with tech and we were in a Mm -hmm. bar and she was talking and literally some, somebody came up to her and said, Oh my God, I heard your voice and I love you. You know, she just (laughs) poof celebrity status, which he absolutely deserves. But that's what we are starting to think now is you are the brand. You are the expert and they are wanting to learn from you in any way. So your mediums that you guys are choosing is the podcast presentations um mm-hmm. you know when you monetize how do you make money right so these are things that speech therapists don't think about we just this yeah. is my rate this is my salary this is the state that I live in this is how much you know the state decides I get paid right. so we have been breaking the, the rules now for a couple years um of you know thinking outside the box and people are starting to notice you know they're starting to see that speech therapists really get it I think that's a great way to put it they get the marketing you know
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> I think you, you should do a course for 3C on how, how to uh, <laughs> develop residual income as an SLP.
2: That's I like excellent. It. I like yeah. it. If you guys look at the um, talks at ASHA, they are starting mm-hmm. to do things like that, you know, um, right. and it's brilliant, you know, because there's we talk about competition. There's healthy competition out there. You know, how many articulation PDFs are there? How many articulation courses are there? Right. But they are always coming up with new things because we are just so amazing and creative.
1: Okay. This is kind of a personal, like my personal, I want this answer to this question. And I don't know how else to word it other than how are you not terrified all the time when you're doing something new like that?
2: I love that question. Um, So, I always lived with a fear of failure, always. So, I'm very calculative. It's like a Rubik's Cube. I'm always turning things around, thinking about it, you know, having these conversations in my head, you know, trying to to have zero um, failure. And the best thing that has happened to me is having major catastrophes happen. (laughs) And guess what? I'm still alive. Right. (laughs) You know, Um, but the first couple of ones, I was on the floor hysterical, crying, like, I just want to die, you know, oh my Mm -hmm. God. Um, And that is, all the way back to college, I didn't get into the school business because I had a 3.4 instead of a 3.5. I had gotten in, but I mm-hmm. had to maintain that. And whatever I did, I just went below. And I was like, my life's over, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I've I've been growing for a long time, Kim. And I say this now is that the universe just loves me and keeps giving me these wonderful opportunities <laughs> to grow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like but, that goes like back that. to that first one Not challenges they're opportunities
2: yeah yeah and it's after a while you start to realize like nobody cares but you and that's so hard i know like you you that. see these bumper stickers and you hear the mantras but honestly i'm a very public figure and i'm not saying that this is like i'm a celebrity but i'm very public right so my my failures have been very public and i really thought oh my god this is the end but that is so intangible. The end of what? Like, what does that even mm-hmm. mean? You know, it was it just meant this the end of this of what you're doing right. now. So it's time to do something else. And that thing's going to come. And and it always does. And I can see Todd and I have a little gray hair. So we're a little older than Kim. Um, <laughs> Todd, where's
0: I-
1: your gray hair?
0: <laughs> oh, be quiet. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> takes me. Hey, takes me two hours to do my hair.
2: Love yeah. it. That's I why love I can't
0: it. do TikToks. It's so spontaneous. You know, it takes, <laughs> it takes me two hours to get this done,
2: <laughs> to get ready. But um, what I was going there is that honestly, like nobody cares. And at, at our age, you know, and I would say anything after 40, you really do start to realize that nobody cares but you. And if yeah. they do, it's for like a blip, right. like Adam Levine. Everybody cared about that for like two <laughs> minutes. <laughs> that was a big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's gone. You know, and you're the only one that's carrying that. And what do you do with it? And that's the maturity. What do you do with it? Okay, Mm -hmm. you're not gonna do that again. You know, it's it was out of your hands. I mean, there's so many talks I've had with myself, Kim. And it's always like the bigger picture is who am I who am I benefiting? You know, like what am I doing next? How is it benefiting people? And just let's keep going on. So don't be afraid. That's what I want (laughs) everyone to hear. You know, it and actually you go into it like, you know what? If something happens, it's okay. Yeah. So it's gonna be okay
1: um when you talked about having a entrepreneur family i i come from third generation entrepreneurs too and i um there was i once went to my dad's company party and if i had known that it was his last as the company owner i would have recorded this but um he kind of told the story about his businesses how they started everything that happened and from um Living it through it with him, he had things like a partner who was embezzling and companies that almost went under and partners that took credit for things that he developed and invented. And that's like... The part that I saw, but when he was telling it and not that he was like trying to like not share those parts, he was just like, and then we did this next and then we did this next. It was like, it was like the failures were just like, oh, that didn't work. So then I moved to the next thing. Yes, (laughs) And it was like that. I think that is how like you succeed and you you just find the next thing and you find and don't be afraid and I my husband uh, very much has that personality too he's like why not why not start a master's degree when I have three children and a new job (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: I'm I'm very much the opposite I'm like I will tell you all the reasons why not (laughs) so but I like those tips and ideas that you have
2: for that that's awesome. Sometimes you just got to jump, you
0: know, yeah. right. Uh, that's, that's certainly describes what we done with 3C. We just kind of <laughs> jumped in and said, okay, let's do this. And that's why I have no hair now. Uh, <laughs> and he had, when we jumped in, it's all gone. <laughs> so maybe we, this is, this is probably now the most important part of the podcast and it's called our moment of zen. Ooh.
2: So <laughs> no, I should say um. Oh. oh,
0: there you go. So what we have is three different lists of questions. Okay. List A, list B, and list C. Each has 10 questions. Ooh. And it's a way to get to know our guests a little bit better. So we ask our guests to choose. List A, Ooh. list B, or list C. All
2: right. I'm going to go with A. A. Awesome. Right.
1: We haven't I had been... an A in a while. I like I it. I know. <laughs> that's right. This is
2: good. This is good. What do I win, Chuck? <laughs>
0: a new car. No. Um, Let's see. List A. Here we go. What's the most used app on your phone?
2: Oh, Todoist. It's a, Todoist. Uh, it's an mm-hmm. organization app. It also, um, it, it's, let me see. I could log in on my laptop and put stuff. I can put stuff on my phone on the app and mm-hmm. it shows up and it reminds me and it emails me and it's fantastic.
0: Awesome. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm familiar with that. It drives me nuts. I'm <laughs> always forgetting. Oh, yeah. That's what it's designed to do. So you don't forget. Yeah. Um, second question. What was the last TV show or movie that you streamed? And it can't oh. be The Tiger King, because you, you no, said you no, didn't no. watch it.
2: <laughs> we didn't watch it. It's um The Mole.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. it was a good yeah. one.
2: It was a good one.
0: Cool. Yeah. What's a favorite book?
2: Um. Oh, so many. Jeez. Uh, is it like a favorite book that you would read again, or is it one that it you It can just... be
0: whatever you want.
2: Mm-hmm. i find that i recommend um, man's search for meaning often um and i just feel victor? like it's one that yeah victor frankel i just mm-hmm. feel it's one that everyone should read it's I not agree. it's not a light book but i think it's something mm-hmm. that helps to put things back in perspective
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i we could talk about him but i love <laughs> what what happened after the war and he had you know they Never mind. Fascinating story. No, for your story.
2: audience, definitely, definitely read it, because talk about yeah. purpose and passion. I mean, exactly. Amazing.
0: It's a, it's a fascinating story of how he survived and, and everything he did after the war. Yep. Um, if you could create one law or behavior that everyone had to do, what would it be?
2: Mm. So I find that people don't apologize from the heart. And so I think mm. that that people would have to and i i hate to say that i'm sorry because that's not the, that's not enough but they right. would have to apologize from the heart um, once they once things click you know when they get it not i'm sorry you're mad
0: <laughs> yeah that's a, that's the non apology right
2: <laughs> right that's what we see the
0: politicians i'm sorry that you feel offended
2: right but i feel like that's something that people hold back right and right. Then, and that would give so much closure to the other person yeah right
0: i agree that's a good one Um, who would you like to have dinner with, dead or alive? Brene Brown. Ooh. Love her. Tap into some of her creativity and ideas.
2: Yes, yes. And there's another book that I love is Dare to Lead.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's done quite well. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what's the scariest thing you've ever done? And you can define scary in any way you want
2: Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm a down the shore Jersey girl. And we went on this, I think it was the Buccaneer at the time. So it's this pirate ship that goes back and forth. Back and
0: forth, yeah.
2: Right. So I am, I said I'm five feet now. So I must've been like three feet when I was eight <laughs> or nine, right? <laughs> I was tiny. And I was sitting because my friend wants me to sit in the last, last row with her. So we were there and I'm telling you, I almost died because every time it went up, I was coming out of my seat and she literally had to hold me down with her arm because I was coming right over that bar. I thought Go- I was gonna going to Going
0: airborne, huh?
2: Yes. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, let's see. Oh, where is the most exotic or farthest place you've ever been?
2: I just went there, Dubai.
0: Dubai. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yep. We I've went heard last good November. things.
2: Yeah. It was incredible, um, and I'd only heard you know rumors, um, but it was just mm-hmm. as glitzy and opulent and glamorous as you would think. It was incredible.
1: The closest I get is the screensaver on my Apple TV. Right, <laughs> it shows the views of Dubai.
0: Yes, I see yeah. that. I have the same thing comes up.
2: Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> we were actually invited guests for the um, International uh, um, Day of Disabilities, mm-hmm. and um, and it was the it used to be called the World Fair. Now I can't remember right. what it's called. But so every country had a a um, location. It was incredible. So that trip was amazing. It took like five days and I was upside down on my time, but it was amazing.
0: Very nice. Very nice. I have have a friend who spent some time there who just sings the praises of being there and loved it and all that. Um, If you didn't choose your current profession, what would you like to try?
2: I actually said this to my husband. I would love to be a singer, but I can't sing. (laughs) (laughs) yeah me me too <laughs>
1: right <laughs> we, we all heard my attempt on this podcast so we yes. know that's not my thing either but i would love to as well
0: um yeah. next question what's a pet peeve that you have
2: pet peeve um this is a funny one leaving time on the microwave
0: oh <laughs> yeah, yeah not <laughs> Clearing it out and resetting and all that.
2: Yep. You let it go down to 10 seconds, trick your food out. Still says 10 seconds. <laughs> I know this puts that you in the mind of me. Right there.
0: <laughs> we could only, add up only, all that lost time. Right,
1: it, right. I only use one button on my microwave. It's the add 30 seconds. It's like no matter how much time it is, I just sit there and push the add 30 seconds. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe it's the same thing. I don't like any time being left.
2: That's awesome. It says cook for four minutes, so you just keep doing it. Keep
1: <laughs> yep, something like that. The things we learn about you,
0: Kim, i tell you.
1: Makes no sense.
0: <clears throat> okay, last yeah. question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you enter the pearly gates?
2: Oh, welcome back. That'd be great.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's been a delight just hearing more about what you're doing and how can people reach out to you and get maybe copies of your book or Excellent. work with you well, as a consultant. Yeah,
2: This is great. The funny thing is my name is very popular in China, Mei Ling Chan, and I was mm. able to get it everywhere. So you can find me on um, let's see, LinkedIn, Mailing Chan. I'm on Twitter at Mailing Chan, not too active, but Instagram, Mailing Chan, Facebook, Mailing Chan, SLP. Uh, it's crazy. I'm everywhere. So you can find me there. And then the book you can find at Amazon. There's three of them, and it's Becoming an Exceptional. And then it's either SLP Leader, AAC Leader, or Becoming an Exceptional Leader.
0: Well, Great. wonderful. Well, good luck with everything you're doing. And come back and and see us uh, in the future. And we'll we'll get caught up on all the new things you're doing at that point.
2: Excellent. Thank you so much. This has been a blast.
0: Thank you again, Mayling, for joining us on the podcast. And I encourage everyone to check out what she's doing at www.maylingchan.com. She's doing some wonderful work, and she's really doing a lot of career coaching with others and helping them become exceptional at what they do, exceptional speech-language pathologists, and I think that is just wonderful. So give her a a shout-out and check out everything that she has to offer. And thank you guys. If you don't mind, give us a shout-out. Give us a five-star review. Tell others about us. Uh, Get other people to subscribe for us. We're always trying to increase our listenership, and we need your help to help us do that. So do what you can and uh, let others know about the podcast, because we're always looking to attract new listeners. And, of course, we do appreciate all of your efforts. And until next uh, week—oh, by the way, sorry, as you're listening to this, this is the week of the ASHA convention in New Orleans— And I hope to see many of you there. Kim and I will be presenting, as we mentioned earlier. And uh, so please track us down. Come say hello. We'd love to chat with you and, and hear what you're doing. And give us some feedback about the podcast. That's always helpful and welcomed. So until next time, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network. (laughs) you <laughs>